Welcome to UXchange, the podcast where we explore the fascinating world of user experience research. My name is Jeremy, and I'll be your host as we dive into the answers to the most common questions, best practices, life stories, readings from famous bloggers from the front lines of UX research. Whether you're a seasoned researcher or just starting out, this podcast is for you. So sit back, grab your favorite beverage, and join us as we discover the secrets to creating exceptional user experiences. Now let's move forward with the second part of this podcast, which is about learning and the theory behind all that that I'm mentioning right now. Because this is true, I'm mentioning my three pillars that I recommend my mentees, but this is grounded in some real theory behind all that. And so you have the three pillars, but it's true, I presented them as being equal. And to be honest, there are some of the pillars that I think are more effective for you if you want to learn UX research or any related field. And this is grounded in reality and in scientific theory. So what I'm about to mention now is the result of a work by Edgar Dale, um, published in 1969, which is called The Cone of Learning. So maybe you already heard about that, and I'm sorry if, if this is the case. The rest of this podcast is dedicated to how we can apply the theory behind this cone to learning things better. So really quickly, I will also give a link to a, the paper in which I found this cone of learning, and you will find an image describing everything. And I will try in this podcast to be as effective in describing this, this picture only um, orally. So how does that work? Well, Edgar Dale in 1969 described in this cone of learning what are the sensory, let's say, modalities, and not only sensory modalities, the modalities in general through which if you perform your learning would be more efficient for you to remember what you learned. So, and it was measured in in terms of what we call retention, which is, uh, in the case of this cone, what you can remember after two weeks uh, of having learned it, if that makes sense. So that means, imagine you read a book, but you only read it. What can you remember from this book after two weeks? Or let's say you hear a lecture. What can you remember from this lecture after two weeks? And so from that, Edgar Dale kind of ranked the modalities through which you learn something to describe what is efficient in learning something and what is less efficient. And so let's begin by the least efficient. And so you will kind of see the relationship with the pillars that I mentioned myself of learning when you learn about UX. So again, the pillars were consuming content, practicing and receiving guidance by a mentor. Well, to begin with, um, Edgar divides what is passive and what is active when you're learning something. So you have passive learning and active learning. Passive learning is just about consuming content and active learning is about producing something. So the objective of the rest of the podcast is to go through the least effective method, go through it, giving you some pieces of content you can use, and then until the most effective method to learn something. So first of all, the least effective method, Edgar says, Edgar Dale says, 
you can remember after two weeks of having learned something, 10% of what we read. So reading only is the least effective method to learn something. So when we think about reading, what can we, when can we read to learn more about UX research? Well, of course, there are books. Um, the first two that comes that come to my mind are the design of everyday things. It's not only about, it's not focused on research, but it's really good to have the design mindset and the user-centered mindset. And also, Just Enough Research, a book by Erica Hall, is really awesome into guiding you through all the steps you can go when you're running some research and that you have to be as lean as possible. Then when we think about reading, we can also think about some articles, such as the UX Collective articles on Medium and the Bootcamp articles on Medium. By the way, I am also writing some articles in this Bootcamp um, category, this bootcamp profile, let's say. Um, I will give also a link through my profile on uh, Medium and to the bootcamp articles on, on Medium. Uh, then what is the second, let's say, least effective method? It's about um, hearing words such as lecture. But in this case, it's only hearing. So Edgar mentioned that we remember after two weeks, we tend to remember 20% only of what we read. So in this case, what do we have in terms of a audio material that you can use to learn about UX, UX research, UX design? Well, I don't want to promote myself, but if you're listening to this podcast, you already have one of them. <laughs> And thank you for listening. Then um, I can mention some others that I really like. For instance, the NN Group podcast, you also have the UX podcast, you have 99% Invisible. Just go through uh, your favorite podcast um, app or website and just type UX, UX research. You will find a lot of podcasts. I also discovered uh, a bit a while ago uh, Darren Hood podcasts. I just uh, saw it from, from far away and, and I plan on going... Um, listening to them from the beginning because when I discover about something, I want to uh, listen to it from the first episode. And by the way, this is a really small parenthesis. I just discovered how some of my um, podcast apps are terrible in terms of managing my library. So accessing um, the episodes, what you saved, resuming where, uh, the progress you're in and so on. So in terms of UX, there is really a lot that we can do. Uh, so I closed the parenthesis and I'm sorry for that. I just needed to share. So then um, in Edgar Dale mentions that after two weeks, we tend to remember 50% of what, of what we both hear and see. So in this case, for instance, we can take into account watching a movie, watching a demonstration. And in this case, the content I can be thinking of are um, some boot camps that you can do by yourself on the internet. And really, I can cite two. I know some of them are criticized because by themselves, they will, of course, not lend you a job. This is a different topic. And to be honest, I disagree in general with the argument saying this by itself doesn't give you a job, so it's not useful. That is a really big shortcut. I mean, 
I followed some of them and I am a UX professional for seven years ago. And as I was saying in some of my podcasts and article, I think that if you want to progress in UX, whatever the number of years you're at, to be honest, um, having an open mind and be willing to learn is the first quality. And so I think that looking at any kind of content with an open mind and saying, okay, this might teach me something is really good to progress. Um, of course, manage your expectations. It's not because you're paying for a bootcamp and on that you are following a free bootcamp that it will lend you a job. Manage your expectations, of course, because between that and having a job, you should know there are many steps. So, of course. But still, I will mention too that in my case, at least they taught me a lot. And the second one, I am following it right now after seven years in UX and I'm still learning things. So it's still useful. Anyway, the first one is Interaction Design Foundation. Just go over their website and if you want, you can enroll. It's not free. You have to pay a fee, which is like a year, a yearly fee, if I'm not wrong, maybe a monthly, but I paid the yearly and it's proven to be really effective because the content is really high quality. I think it's a bit theoretical sometimes, less practical, but you can use it in your day-to-day practice. I will also give you some ideas on how you can apply this knowledge you're you're getting through real-world and case study experiences. And the second one is the Google UX Design Certificate on Coursera. So again, I think this is a highly debated bootcamp a lot of people are saying it's not useful a lot of other people are saying it is useful to be honest i don't think the bootcamp in itself is to be put in a box i think it's what you make of it it's like if if you go out of a one university or another i mean it depends it depends what you make of it how you market yourself how you apply those skills to get a job how you showcase that you know what you learned so I, can, I, I think the debate around this is a false debate and we should focus on showcasing our skills, to be honest. In my case, at least, I am learning really a lot on the Google UX Design Certificate. And just to be transparent, it's true that coming from the UX research, on the UX research side, I learned less. I still learned things, to be honest. Even after seven years of practice, I still learned things. But I learned less than the UI part because the UX design certificate by Google also has a UI part and I specifically took it because of the UI part and I already see all the designers coming saying it's not the best, maybe not, I don't know. In my case, I do not know about UI design, uh, the the practicality of it and I wanted to start from somewhere. So then starting from there, I would have uh, let's say a tree, a roadmap that I could follow by referencing successively um, other content. And I wanted to start from, let's say, zero. And so I would say this is a good certificate if you want to start from zero. Of course, the internet in itself and all the free resources, I am a firm believer that we should not have to pay to learn something. I think also that we are paying in general for bootcamps because of the structure, because it gives you structure and guidance. Uh, and this is something that you will have difficulty to, to find if you if you teach uh, UX by yourself, because on the internet, it can be pretty overwhelming. Mm, nevertheless, 
I think these are two good uh, options. Let's move on to the next phase, which is uh, the next, let's say, um, criteria aspect in this cone of learning. So Dale mentions that after two weeks, we tend to remember 70% of what we say. And examples of activities are giving a talk and participating in a discussion. So I see you coming, you will mention, okay, how can I give a talk in UX if I'm learning about UX? To be honest, that's not incompatible. Giving a talk is only about uh, sharing what you're learning and there are still people who would be interested and who know less than you, even if you're not an expert. Being an expert, I believe, is just about knowing more than the people you're teaching what you're teaching. Uh, of course, everything uh, is relative and you will always find people who are more expert than you. But it doesn't mean you do, not, you do not have and you cannot share what you know to people who are less, less experienced than you. That is why I really advocate for participating in discussions and uh, mentorship sessions and giving um, feedback on platforms. So for instance, in the Google UX certificate, you have a kind of... Um, a platform, a kind of forum where you can see what people mention, you can uh, react, you can comment and so on. So this is kind of useful. You can also participate in some feedback sessions. Um, I never did it, to be honest, uh, because I think it's more uh, UI-centered, uh, but I think it could be great to try. So platforms such as Dribbble and Behance and give feedback to others regarding their research plan, regarding their prototype and so on. For UX research, I think it's more difficult. I do not know, to be honest. Um, I only know the adplist.org amazing program in which I am a part. Uh, I am a mentor there and I give feedback on people's um, portfolios, case studies, research plans, and so on. And even if you're not a, let's say, a professional, you can still maybe apply to be a mentor on this platform and you can still give feedback. If you also know some of your colleagues uh, or friends in UX research, UX design, and you want to give feedback, feedback is always, always welcome. But then let me finish about this oral part, let's say this communication part. I will come back to it when I will mention the most effective part to learn something. So, but first of all, let's recap a bit. So the least effective one is only reading. I'm not saying reading is bad. I'm saying only doing that, um, it will be difficult for you to move forward because you're only consuming and you're not applying anything. Then it's uh, hearing. Hearing is a bit better. You will probably learn things um, better, having a better retention. Uh, then it will be about what you hear and see at the same time. So in general, these are uh, videos or the courses so maybe you read you listen at the same time and so on or, or, or you follow a course let's say a lecture sorry and then um, the last one I mentioned before before I think is the most effective one is what you say so basically giving feedback to others and kind of trying to share what you learned to others who know maybe a bit less because it will force you to structure 
your knowledge um, and see where you have gaps in your knowledge. This is super important. When you try to explain something to someone, teach something to someone, sorry, and you and you see that you have gaps in your teaching, it means these are gaps in your knowledge. Or if you know something but you don't manage to explain it very um, in a simple way, with simple words and that you're using a lot of expressions and so on, it means you may want to master a bit more um, the topic or it can also come from a communication skill to try to put things in a way that are simple to understand. But in general, it's also linked to the fact of uh, having to master this. And now to finish with all the steps, um, all the, sorry, all the pillars that I think are important to learn that are described as well by um, Dale. The, the most effective one, if you didn't know about it, uh, I'm sure you had some idea, uh, it's about practicing. So it's about putting uh, your skills in action into the real world in an active way. So Dale calls this the doing the real thing. So we remember after two weeks, 90% of what we do, 90% of what we do. So... This is why I always give the recommendation to my mentees to go through a case study, even if they don't know everything. Because I have some feedback sometimes from some of my mentees saying, yeah, but I do not know about this method or I do not know about this topic. Accessibility, I should learn all about it before. I should read three books or I should read some posts and so on. Yeah, okay, it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. But at least at the same time, try to enter your case study already. I'm saying this from experience, to be honest. I've been there. I entered some UX research positions. I didn't know everything. I learned this on the field. So what it takes is a bit of confidence. Um, I'm not saying that you should uh, lie about yourself. If, if you do not know something and you feel it's really a blocker, try to read a bit about this before. Try to see some lectures, to have some course and so on. But then you cannot wait to be 100% prepared to begin th something because you will never be. You will never be. So just try to dive into a case study first and along the way filling the blanks that you do not know about your knowledge. So for instance, if you're conducting a study with various iterations um, about an app and you're doing a discovery study first and then you see that you develop the app, you sorry, you design the app and then you want to test it in a usability study, well, in that case, and you do not know about usability studies, well, begin it, begin. And at the same time, uh, try to do your research plan and try to see what is the best way of crafting questions, how do we analyze the results at the same time. And you will learn way better because you will associate what you're reading, hearing uh, to what you're doing. It will be kind of purpose um, learning learning towards a purpose and it will be way better for you to anchor this in your mind. I do not know all the scientific words linked to that, um, but, but I, I also can talk from experience. I, I lift this and it's way more effective. But again, uh, regarding uh, practicing, if you do not feel confident to do a full case study, end-to-end, -end, you can also try to begin with some exercises. So for instance, running some interviews or doing a usability study 
or um, crafting a questionnaire and asking for feedback. But to be honest, I feel it's really better to start from a case study because you will have meaning, you will have context, you will have reasons to move forward at every step. It will be way easier. And so, as I was saying, let me come back to the previous aspect, to the previous dimension of learning, which is what we say. So it's less effective that, than what we do. But at the same time, I would say these are kind of interrelated. In fact, Dale mentions that in the 90% of what we say and do, we find doing a dramatic presentation. So even if you're not doing a case study at this step, I would say you can still benefit from presenting something. Um, so the what we say, the 70%, even if it's not the most effective, when you finish your case study, to present it and refine the presentation. And so I mean by presenting orally. And so you will anchor everything that you did and you will wrap everything in a speech and everything will make sense. You will connect the dots. It will be amazing. So I can also speak from experience in my last interview sessions that I ran to, to find a new job. I had to refine my speech around my case studies that I did in, in the past. And it helps a lot to wrap everything in terms of what you read, theories around UX, um, best practices, methodologies, and so on, only, uh, only by presenting what you did. Because in the end, you did it. So it's 90% of what you do is the best remembered. So, and giving a speech about it is even better. That's all for this episode of UXchange. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and share with your friends and colleagues. And be sure to tune in next time for more insights, tips, and stories from the world of UX research. Until then, keep exploring, keep learning, and keep making the world a better place, one user at a time.